the Modern Conservative Podcast, and I'm your host, Jonathan Harvey. I want to thank everybody for joining in today. I want to let everybody know that this is going to be a great 2022. I'm telling myself that every single day, because if nobody else can make me optimistic, I will make myself, damn it. But uh, today, um, I want to thank everybody for joining us. And uh, we know there's a lot of chaos going on in the world. And I want to salute the people in Canada, the truck drivers in Canada, truck drivers across the United States are doing their things. And I want to thank all the conservatives and the Republicans that are standing up in this fight, uh, loud and proud. Today, I have a guest on. He's from Utah. He's all about protecting the vote here in Utah. And uh, his name is Lou Moore. Lou, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, John. Lou, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you do what you do, and uh, we'll take it up from there. Well, um, I thought I was retired, John, about a year ago (laughs) (laughs) with a pretty boring uh, resume uh, at that. But uh, uh, no, actually, I've been, I, I, I had. I've had a career in politics. I worked for Ron Paul. I was a chief of staff nice. on Capitol Hill. I ran a think tank at one time. But uh, as I said, I had retired from all that. But sitting on the couch, I, the things I was seeing on the television were just driving me out of my mind. And among them was uh, what I saw is a lot of problems with elections around the country, and particularly with elections that had uh, vote by mail. So uh, I decided that uh, we should try to do something about it in Utah, and I saw no, I saw no real stomach for it in the legislature, with a few exceptions, uh, and some uh, some folks have become friends of mine that are there, but uh, generally not so much. So we decided to go the initiative route, and that's where the Secure the Vote Act of 2022 uh, comes from, and uh, we're mm-hmm. trying to get that put on the ballot, and we have a petition drive and we have lots of time to get all those signatures in because it uh, ends Tuesday unless a court action that we plan to take tomorrow uh, uh, takes effect but we'll have to see about that that's actually a new development I think maybe since uh, since uh, our folks uh, talked to you but now let me ask you something now are you are you specifically focusing on Utah vote uh, voting here in our state? Are we have, do we have a problem with our voting system here in Utah? Well, that's the first question is, yes, we're focused uh, on Utah and, and trying to change the, uh, the voting laws here in Utah. And uh, the answer to the, the second question, whether we have a problem, you know, I don't have the bandwidth to do the level of investigation <laughs> that I think is needed to make allegations like that. But I'll tell you this, we have a climate for fraud. We have a climate for creating problems in Utah because of our vote by mail system, because of our machine uh, tabulation system. And uh, uh, experts will tell you, John, that uh, one of the hardest crimes to prove is voter fraud. Uh, District attorneys will tell you this. And so I think it behooves us as responsible citizens to make sure that there's not the temptation for it uh, lingering in the air, so to speak. And so right. we're uh, we're all about changing the climate by changing the laws and getting rid of uh, of automatic vote by mail. We would still have you know the traditional absentee ballot. Mm-hmm. If you have a reason not to be at the polls, if you can't be at the polls, 
you're not disenfranchised, but uh, but the center of the election, the center of the system would be the neighborhood polling place like it used to be mm-hmm. with the votes counted at that uh, polling place in another room, as it was done in this state for decades. And the hand mm-hmm. counts that people can watch the actual votes being counted. So let me ask you this in 2020. I bring this up because we're speaking of voting. You know, Utah had been doing mail-in ballots for a few years. Do you think there was an issue last year in 2020 when uh, Ben McAdams and uh, Jesse, uh, when uh, Burgess Owens' uh, votes were ballots were counted? Because what was interesting was we had a voting problem, a ballot problem, or ballot counting issue across the country. And then all of a sudden, Utah had one area that took the longest, and that was the national um, seat, congressional seat. Do you think there were possibly issues that uh, Utahns might want to know about or possibly know about? Well, I'll say this, John. The closer the election, the more this kind of stuff counts. So, uh, you know, if somebody wins by 30 points, you know, what dis- what difference does it make in one sense? But when it's a close right. election, as uh, as elections have been in the district that Burgess is now uh, representing, uh, you better be paying close attention to that. And I, I can't answer your question, uh, you know, definitively, but. Uh, you know, I've heard different things, and I'm not going to pass along rumors. Right, but uh, right, that's a district you got to keep your eye on. I'll tell you that right now. And what's interesting, Lou, with that district right now, Burgess district is really a blue district. And if you, I don't know if you know this now that his running, well, his uh, challenger is a black woman who's a liberal. Black Lives Matter, supports LGBTQ community. He's going to have a tough time, especially if they don't get the vote counting done properly. He's going to have a really big time because that's a national seat and it's going to attract national tensions. And, you know, the Democrats, let's face it, they're going to have a tough time this year. We hope. And so (laughs) we hope. I kind of worry about how much I hear that, John. But yeah, yeah, I I think, you know, it looks that way. It's funny that you said mention that because I like you, I think the same thing. Because here's one thing I see procured in this year. The Democrats are not doing much for about for going out and getting votes. They have done things to their constituents. You think they would try to reverse and do a complete 180 from what they've done in the past two years to gain back those voters. They're not doing that. And I wonder, I wonder, do they have something planned other than Voting ballots. I I can't answer that question either, but I'll say this. Burgess Owens is a dang good candidate. Uh That's a real important factor, too, in elections. And, uh, you know, we saw he prevailed where where others had failed in the past. And uh, I I hope what you're conjecturing on is incorrect. Uh, no offense, but uh, right. I get it. I, I, I feel you there, I think. Uh, you know, we got to take care of business on every front. And this front is real important, the, this counting of the votes. How hard do you think it's going to be to uh, get everything pushed you that you guys want here in Utah? 
Is it going to be, is it going to happen? Is it really that hard for them to uh, secure our vote, votes more so than ever? Well, the problem we have, John, in this state is, is we have a Republican governor, a Republican mm-hmm. lieutenant governor, who in this state uniquely controls the elections instead of a secretary of state. And uh, they are the biggest cheerleaders for these uh, Democrat-type uh, programs, you know, uh, particularly mail-in voting. They're the biggest cheerleaders in America for this. And, and mm-hmm. uh, the governor is going around saying, boy, Utah's a model for the nation. He's saying this on CNN, NPR. But the Heritage Foundation, <laughs> Concerned Women for America, they're rating Utah at the bottom of the pile on this stuff. I mean, 41st in the Heritage uh, Foundation rankings for voter uh, for election integrity. That's a disgrace. I mean, we're lower than New York. Oh, Lord. Tell me we're higher than California. Um, just by hair, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I don't actually remember, but I think oh, we're neck and neck, maybe. But, uh, I, you know, so, uh, it's, that's a problem. That's a problem. It is interesting that we don't have a secretary of state here. And, uh, you know, since I've been in Utah, I don't know when's the last time we had one, if we ever had one here. Um, I, go ahead, Lou. No, I'm sorry. I, I was just thinking myself. I think about 20 years ago, they eliminated that office, but uh, not totally sure. Not totally sure of that, but uh, it is very unique. It's very unique. And it has been a while. I mean, uh, Spencer Cox, I think, had two terms as lieutenant governor before he moved up a chair. And now uh, now we have the current uh, uh, former Senator Henderson is in that in that role. But I don't know when they initiated that, but it, it's very unusual. So you think we'll ever get that change? I mean, what's it going to take? What do you guys need from us to be successful? Just tell us. What do you need? Well, we need people that are uh, Utah residents, 18 years or older, uh, to go to secureboteutah.org if they don't know somebody that's carrying one of our petitions. And we have hundreds of people doing that. But if they don't know anyone like that uh, at secureboteutah.org, uh, they can get plugged into our folks and uh, sign a petition. And actually, at this late hour, we would love to have uh, your dedicated listeners in this state to be carrying a petition uh, to put this on the ballot to let the people decide about this question of election integrity. You know, I run, I'm the state director of Blex at Utah, and uh, I'm hoping that my listeners will contact me, email me at the Modern Conservative Podcast at gmail.com email me and we'll see you know see can we hook you guys up and uh get what you need done how many signatures do we roughly have now you know can you give uh, me a guess this is uh it's kind of funny in a way and it's uh, but it's a little bit embarrassing so normally uh you have a long time to do this but we were on a very compressed time frame and there and uh these petitions all have a due date but their due date is all close to our final due date. So we're just really getting them in now. And I don't honestly know how many signatures we have. We have uh, the, the number of people going around and collecting them and turning in full books, which is 58 signatures, uh, is just skyrocketed. I mean, they're flying off the shelf now. We have thousands, literally, of petitions out there. But I do not know what, what the number is at the moment. Yeah, and you said the deadline's the 15th of this month, 
of <laughs> yes, indeed. But uh, you know, I alluded to uh, something earlier in the in the broadcast, John. But uh, we're having a little problem with the uh, lieutenant governor, and uh, uh, we believe they violated the law and delayed us from getting these petitions out to the public. That's a, our legal position, and uh, they don't agree with that. But then there's also the matter of COVID, where. Uh, you know, I'm not really the first one to say, oh, gee, I need uh, extra help or whatever because of COVID. But the truth is, when we finally got these petition packets out after they delayed it, uh, you know, I, I went down to my grocery store. There was 500 cars. I mean, they were winding around a huge parking lot and out to the street to get tested for COVID. And I come to find out it's a it's a uh, heaviest month of COVID we've had in this state was the the month the petitions came out, you know, we've had a constant stream of people uh, getting ill. And, uh, you know, I had that Delta. It, it actually delayed us starting several weeks. Mm-hmm. My wife and I both had it. Anyway, mm-hmm. so we are and around the country without even uh, really asking. A lot of states have uh, cut the uh, signature requirements, mm-hmm. given people more time. And this is just being done all over. And once that was brought to our attention by a couple of attorneys, uh, we decided we need to do something about it. So uh, anyway, we are looking at filing a federal injunction tomorrow morning, and we have a legal team working on that actually as we speak uh, to give us more time and to lower our signature requirement. So we'll see. But regardless, we, we need a lot of help this weekend. Weekends are when the signatures come in, you know, primarily, and we really could use uh, the help of your uh, of your audience. Well, we'll do everything that we can. That's for sure. And then um, I was just thinking, you know, I've got a friend of mine. He he's a uh, big time conservative, and uh, he works with a lot of college youth. Maybe I can talk to him and see what he can get done and help out. We would love to talk with him. Uh, feel free to give me my number that, that I know you have, John. And, yeah, uh, I'll I'll, call, I'll reach out to him because the thing is, I don't want another 2020. Totally. No not. matter what happened, I do not want to hear any discrepancies about the vote. You know, I don't Absolutely. think it should be taking us two months or a month and a half or well, I should say three weeks to uh, validate the vote. This is getting to be ridiculous. And I think. I'm going to say this personally. There's a lot of scamming going on when dead people voting two or three times. I know somebody that voted twice and their dad was my friend's aunt. And uh, so the thing is, I truly believe that the Democrats, I'll say this. I truly believe that the Democrats are up to something. What is it? Don't know. But I think we got a surprise coming. I think we've got a surprise coming and there's a better time now. I mean, if we could do two things, get all the votes by the, by the 15th of this month and get rid of Spencer Cox at the same time, that would be great, but that's not going to happen. So at least we can do is uh, get all the votes. So what's the required minimum votes you have to get Lou or you need? Uh, the, uh, the, the requirement right now, if a federal judge doesn't alter that in the next couple of days is a, Excuse me, one hundred and thirty-eight thousand. That's a lot of votes. That's a lot of, sure. a lot of signatures. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a lot of signatures. You're well, right. sorry, a lot of signatures in a short span of time. 
It is. Uh, it's been done on that shortest time span before, but it is a challenge. Let me assure you that. So, so what people what you need? Help. So you need people to go knocking door to door, getting signatures. And how do they present this to the potential um, signature? Well, uh, th- th- this is something that's real interesting. I- I've talked to a number of people. I've talked to a former state uh, legislator who is carrying our petition. Uh, they they uh, go door to door, and I- I'm sure there'd be some areas that it- this wouldn't be true, but a number have told me that they go door to door and they get uh, they just get one signature after another. People are fed up with this. They don't have to give them a long uh, a song and dance about this thing. They just... Uh, explain very briefly, uh, just as, you know, as I did to you a little bit earlier, uh, mm-hmm. what we're trying to do and people are all about it. I mean, seriously, I, I was looking at a petition last night, you know, we're processing these things to the ones we're, we've gotten back to turn in to the county clerks. And I'm noticing that, you know, 821, 823, 825, 827, you know, all on the same street. I'm realizing yeah, this person went door to door, bing, 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 right down the street. And uh, so you go to, so you're going door to door. So you put the name, the address, and the signature. Is that how it goes? Yeah. They, the they, they, yeah. You give them a, uh, you know, this petition packet has the law in it, which unfortunately is pretty long because we can't just put our changes. We have to put, if we change one word in a section, we have to put the entire section in our law. That's kind of how it works. So, but, but, you know, you ask them if they would like to read it or if they have read it on the website. Uh, and uh, and then after that, you ask them for uh, for uh, their signature, and yeah, they they put the you know, and it has to be the signature has to be what they have on their voter registration because that's mm-hmm. how the clerks verify uh, the signatures. You know, they don't go to the FBI or something like that, but they <laughs> they do go to their their voter rolls. And so sometimes people there's been a typo or something, so. Uh, you know, we need to do, we try to stay close to the voter rolls and we actually try to look up a lot of these folks, even while they're there, just to, not because we don't believe them, that they're registered, but just to to make sure that everything's on, you know, squared away as far as their address or name and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, they don't even have to be registered, John. They can uh, read if they just register while they're signing, as long as it, uh, they're showing, uh, you know, by, by this deadline, if they're showing on the clerk's rolls there, then mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're good. So uh, they just need to be 18 years old or older and a Utah resident and willing to register if they haven't registered. So do they need to be a, a legal citizen? Absolutely, sir. Okay. That's what I want to make sure. I, because- I'm not real interested <laughs> in that. Otherwise, anyhow. Yeah. Exactly. Reason why I ask it because, you know, we're heavily populated in the Spanish community here in Utah. And there's a lot of Spanish um, Hispanics that are conservative in thoughts, but not quite legal. So I don't want if people going up knocking on doors and it's an Hispanic family and they're just signing them up just for gist. That's what I'm hoping we weren't going to do. And you answered the question correctly. Um, so but you don't have to have a driver's license. Uh, we don't ask them for a driver's license, but I'll tell you what, you're going to have to have a driver's license or a state ID card to vote under our system. But, uh, exactly. but right now it's not quite that strict. So, so do you yeah, think, yeah. do you think the other side are doing the same thing when it comes to their bills? Or are they just, I mean, do Democrats go out and get votes or they don't have to because they cheat? 
Oh, signatures is it because they cheat. Uh, well, <laughs> what, what the, the pattern I've seen, and I'm not real familiar, but uh, there have been three initiatives passed in Utah last, <coughs> excuse me, a couple of election cycles, all, all three uh, to the left side of the fence, so to speak, and uh, big money coming out of California to put them across. So, you know, we don't, no one's getting paid on this campaign. Uh, I'm not getting paid. No one else is getting paid. We're volunteers. We're, we just love our country and we want to defend our Republic. But uh, uh, these other folks come in with, uh, you know, a couple thousand paid signature gatherers and army of attorneys to fight with the Lieutenant governor and, uh, and everything else. And uh, you know, they're, they are having some success, but. You know, you mentioned Lieutenant governor and the governor. So let me, here's a question. Educate my audience. Oh, give me your opinion, I should say, or your perspective on why do you think the lieutenant governor and the governor enjoy the system we have right now? Uh, you mean why they, why they like the system? Yeah, why do you think they like this system? Well, I think the governor likes this system because he's the architect of it. Right. Uh, I mean, that's probably the biggest reason. And, uh, and the lieutenant governor is there... Uh, to defend the governor's interests. I mean, she is a running mate. Uh, a lot of states, mm-hmm. not only is uh, Utah unique in the fact that the lieutenant governor runs the elections, but uh, in most states, a lieutenant governor is an independent position. They run on their own. They have their own platform. They do their own thing. But in this state, she's just a running mate. So she just, uh, you know, she's the governor's uh, attack dog, which is what, you know, they often do when they're running in a team like that. So... I often said when he wags, when he wants to wag her his tail, she wags it for him. <laughs> well, no, no comment, John. No comment. <laughs> That's just the way I say it. I mean, you know, I'm up at the Capitol quite a bit, and you know, dealing with some other stuff. And to be honest with you, I've you know, I've never really dealt into the uh, voting laws in the state. Um, I know there are things I don't like about the voting laws in the state, and I do not like mail-in ballots um, because. I've told people in 2020 when they said that they wanted to do mail-in ballots across the country, well, we, I knew that was going to be a problem. Sure. I sure. knew that was going to be a problem. And Utah wasn't excluded for that potential problem, as far as I'm concerned. You know, and I don't understand why is it we can't go back to the way voting used to be when it was more secure and it was more hands-on. And it was at the voting stations. Sure. Now, sure. And the and my problem with the whole voting system right now is just too. It's just too. Once too convenient, and when it's too convenient, it's too convenient to cheat, or too convenient to lie, uh, with the mail-in ballots. I mean, do you need an ID to send it through the mail? Who checks your ID when you send it through the mail? Nobody. No, but they will under our system if you do vote absentee and you are willing to sign an affidavit. That says you can't be at the polls. You do have to send your ID along with uh, with that. But so uh, you just don't hear say, you. "Hey, I don't want to show up and just just send it in." So there's a there is a uh, regiment that you have to do. Exactly. No, no, exactly right. And uh, yes, yeah, so so when you look at our uh, proposed legislation, John, we're trying to tighten up the procedures, like when you register. And, and when you ask for an absentee ballot or when you vote, and that's mainly uh, around ID and giving the government time to actually process that. 
uh, storage of voted ballots and transportation of voted ballots. We tried to avoid those two things like the plague, which is why other than the people who have a legitimate reason to vote uh, absentee or somebody has an emergency that comes up at the last minute, we have a provision for them too, so they can vote. But otherwise, we want the we want people to walk into the polling place, show their ID, the poll worker checks their name off uh, through the registration system, they vote, and then when 20 ballots are counted, a the box is taken into the next room where there are election judges and candidate representatives and news media who can actually see the the counting go on. I mean, I, I've been down to the uh, I've been down to Utah clerks, Utah County clerk's office and the clerk's office. And in Utah, they were actually counting votes when I was there. They're very nice. Let me go in there right in the room where they got this big machine. It's just a big machine. I mean, I don't know what was going on in there. I'm not saying anything bad was going on, but you, as an observer, you don't have a clue. Yeah, it's a big, sophisticated machine. You know, we want to get back to where you can actually see a ballot from three or four feet away and watch them count them. That's how it used to be. Mm-hmm. Now, are there states that you may know of that might know of that do what we're trying to get done here in Utah? Uh, generally, the trend's been away from it, and I, I'm not. I have seen lists. I don't have them in front of me, but there are states that are much, much, much stricter than we are on every part of this uh, program. And there are many states that still, I mean, COVID did foul things up. Uh, more states uh, were uh, experimented with mail-in that had never done it. But uh, I, I don't believe anywhere near a majority of states center their voting system on mail-in, where ours, it shall be mail-in with some exception, where uh, you know it used to be it shall be uh, in the neighborhoods and precincts with some exception. And that's what we want to get back to. You know, and I completely agree. I mean, me personally, I agree with you because the problem that I see in Utah, people have gotten used to the convenience of mail-in voting. Um, Now, do you think you'll hurt the number of people that vote, that will vote if they had to go down to the precincts? precincts? Well, you know, this is an interesting thing, too. Uh, this is something else our governor says all the time, and all of his uh, people that you know are on his on his team, so to speak. They say, "Oh, well, this has greatly increased the participation. Look at the percentage of the people that voted in last election." One problem with that is the the, vote, the voter turnout was much higher all over the country, and uh, that's and plus there might have been more than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> But, you know, many political scientists, I've been a lot of studies done on this, and, you know, you're talking about human behavior. So to just say you exactly know why somebody does something, that's usually not quite right when you hear somebody so definitive about it. But uh, a lot of people believe that it is more likely that turnout goes up when there's a competitive race, when the candidates are speaking their mind and they have clear-cut positions, and it's a it's a contest and where people think the candidates are authentic, you know, and they're not just the blah carbon copy uh, corporate American types. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is what I believe personally is what raises turnout. And we've seen this in spades with, with Trump. 
Uh, and and then there are people reacting against Trump and whatnot. But but I don't think it has anything to do with mail-in ballots. I, I really do not think that. And uh, as far as convenience, I, I agree. People are getting uh, used to this. And when I was starting to starting up with this idea of doing this initiative, uh, people would tell me, oh, they're so popular. You'll never get anywhere with that. These paper uh, uh, vote by mail is so popular. So I had Richard Barris, uh, who I've gotten to know, who is uh, uh, does a lot of polling for Steve Bannon. He's on the war room all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When Richard uh, polled uh, for us in Utah, end of the summer, and he found out that, sure, you know, 55, 60 percent of the public, you know, they do like the convenience of the mail-in ballot. No question. But when you point out a couple of the flaws in that, like the chain of custody issue and some of the other issues uh, that we've discussed already about our system here, they say, no, we want to go back and vote in the precinct. And this is like 80 percent are willing to go back to the old way you know, uh, believing that it's safer. So, so Utahns like convenience, but they want security more than convenience. And this, this uh, cut across party lines. And, you know, we didn't get into Trump or any personalities, just the, the just the ideas. But uh, you know, so I don't think it's true that, that the public would, would really have that much trouble with this uh, once they're, they have a better understanding of what's at stake. I think this year voter turnout is going to be really, really heavy. Um, I do too. Um, my only worries is, you know, if it becomes way too heavy, way too great against the Democrats, that's going to trigger another issue. There, we're cheating now. Um, that's why well, when you ha- when you vote at the uh, precincts, that kind of kills that theory. It totally does. And this is something that we try to point out to not just, you know, Trump supporters or people think there might have been uh, stealing the vote or whatever. I mm-hmm. mean, for, for crying out loud, Biden pretty much said at his press conference a few days ago that he thought the Republicans were going to steal the election. In 2016, <laughs> they said, 16. oh, that's Trump and the Russians. They stole our election. They had movies about it. And Stacey Abrams said, I'm the governor of Georgia, not you. I won. And you know, they're kind of forgetting that when they, uh, they talk about us, you know, being domestic terrorists or whatever, because we are questioning things a little bit. And uh, but anyway, but I find it. Don't you find it interesting now that they are reverberating some of the things we conservatives and Republicans have been saying all along? You got the CDC now stating some things that we've been saying all along. You got Fauci saying some things that we had stated all along. And you got Joe Biden stating things that, well. Half the time he doesn't remember what he says, but he's still <laughs> stating it. And so it's uh, it's kind of crazy right now how everything is turning around. But like I was saying earlier, that's my worry. If you know, if the Democrat lose everything, I got this strong feeling that they're going to use voter fraud. All the states made the voting, so it's rigged for only one particular. How do I put this? Um, white people that's the problem i do see coming down the pipe because the democrats will take advantage of innocent and they're really good they're really good at spinning things to make the other guy look like the bad guy when they're actually doing it themselves and so this is why i want want voter integrity and what's more integrity in our system because these people will spin anything sure Sure. Well, uh, I, no, I know exactly what you're saying. This is why 
you know, this elect- election in Virginia that we had not, not too long ago, mm-hmm. people were saying, oh, they're going to steal it. They're going to steal it. You know, the Democrats control practically everything there. But right. uh, but instead of having uh, a fourth of our people uh, going out and doing their duty uh, at these uh, polling stations and checking and observing, they had 95% participation rate. And they had a lot of ex-cops, ex-military, people of every different kind of background, but uh, determined not to let it, these guys steal it. And guess what? We won. So, I, I mean, that, that is uh, that is certainly a key to uh, preventing what which, which you very, I think, legitimately worry about. I know. And another thing I worry about is that, you know, I, I don't like when we have voting laws and they come out and say, well, we're restricting the minority vote, the blacks, the Hispanics. I'm actually the blacks, because that's usually who they're always talking about anyway. And mm-hmm. uh, I am um, truly against that. But my problem is, even in Utah with Spencer Cox and Henderson, those two will eventually come out and say, well, you know what? The African-American community can't vote with the laws that we have right now because they can't get to the polls. They don't have a driver's license. They don't have a damn car. We need to allow mail-in voting because they'll pay, play the sympathy card. And that's what's going on around the country. Voting should be about convenience and sympathy is what they're saying. But the problem is that's cheating. That will allow them to cheat because mail-in ballot is a great tool to cheat. We saw that in 2022. So if you listen to me today and you know how I think, people, you know as much as I do, this has to be changed. It's got to change Soon and very soon, because if not every year or every two to four years, we're going to have problems with our elections if we don't bring the integrity that we used to have in voting. And it wasn't mail-in ballots because, granted, technology may be better, but it may not be best in all scenarios. And this is one of those. Amen to that. And I only disagree with you, John, on one thing. You, What's that? you said eventually uh, Spencer Cox and uh, Lieutenant Governor are going to say some of this stuff. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, it took her 24 hours uh, to use the R word, if you know what I'm talking about, on oh, us. Okay. When she didn't have a clue who's in our families, who we're married to, who our, who our mamas were. And uh, I mean, she has no idea because if she did, she would know that she sounded like an idiot talking like that. But anyway. and, you know, and when they talk sometimes, here's another one. one of my triggers. You know, when you vote and they talk about race, 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 um, the voting system is racist. Last time I checked, there's no such thing as a segregated line in voting. No, the no. machine doesn't know who you are. It says, well, you're black. It's not going to work. It doesn't say that. I I, I mean, I I would think I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but I would think that when someone says, well, you know, we need to help you because we don't think you're smart enough to know how to vote. (laughs) I mean, what's wrong with that scenario? (laughs) That's that's racism in itself. Yep. There you go. uh, Racism or you just handicap somebody intellectually because you're assuming that they can't figure out you know, how to get to the voting pools. It's just like Joe Biden said that we need uh, mail-in ballots and we need reform in the voting laws because African-Americans can't use a computer. I know. I, I well, said, I, that's exactly the same thing. It's that same attitude. Ex- it's the paternalistic. Exactly. 
We, we have to and, be there to help you. We have to pay, pass laws to help you. We need to take more power to help you. But they're just helping themselves, really. And you're really right. You're absolutely right. And I just want to say that uh, I'll do everything I can from this end of the microphone we to get what it. we need. I will uh, reverberate it. Um, see, today's what? The, what's today? The 10th. 10th. So we Plenty got five days. We got five days. And so I'll come on in uh, my Facebook and keep posting daily, 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 daily. And then on my podcast page daily, asking people to get out and help help um, gather votes. Um, now, where do they do they physically have to go somewhere to get the book you were referring to? Yes, they, uh, the, the people that tell us that electronic voting is the greatest thing since sliced bread, they're not going to let the public uh, do anything like that to get something on the ballot they want. So, no, no, you got to sign the book. And, uh, I mean, it's a, we call it a packet, It's a, but it's a petition. And that's why I say if they go to secureboteutah.org, or it sounds like mm-hmm. if they go to you, and we sure appreciate your help, uh, we get them plugged into uh, somebody that has one of these books, and they're floating around all over, particularly on the Wasatch Front. But we have people in in every county now, and uh, you know, hopefully, it's not going to be too difficult for for folks who want to help us to uh, to do it. Yeah, I've got some people right off the bat I know that would help do it right off the top of my head. Um, he's one of my neighbors. We were just talking yesterday about this stuff. Well. You know, our time is coming to a short. So, um, man, that went by fast. Um, like people, 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 people. I've got one minute left. And I want to say, get out, go to the website, get involved, do what you can do, because I promise you, I'm going to go door to door. I'm going to go door to door and see what I can get done. Everybody in my household will go door to door. We'll see what we can get done. Please do the same. Please do the same. If you're in the earshot of this podcast, that means you, you well, I can't say you're, you're, you're an American. And if you're outside of my earshot in another country, you wish you can be American. But <laughs> I want to thank everybody. Lou, I appreciate you coming by, sharing well, your you, knowledge John. with us. And we will probably have something posted in the next few hours. And and uh, linking your stuff to our um, podcast. Once again, thank you for being here. And I'm your host, John Harvey, the Modern Conservative Podcast. Love you all.